Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Search for Tomorrow podcast. Today, I would describe it as the episode I've been the most excited for. Uh, we have the two lovely ladies who have uh, founded and run the VML, which, if you don't know, is like a... Actually, I'll, I'll let them describe it for you. So uh, so I have Caroline and Hayu with me. Uh, let's just start with why don't uh, one of you describe what is the VML? Because not everyone seems to know what it is, which always surprises me because I've I've always loved the initiative and it produces so many great players. That's your role, Hayu. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Um, all right, well, so the VML, um, we... We're a, a community, I should say, for people of marginalized genders in magic. We started out um, as just a competitive league. Caroline and I both come from the competitive part of magic, and we were kind of just frustrated that there weren't a lot of people of marginalized genders making it to the top levels of um, play and, you know, finding their way in the competitive community. So we started this league, and it's um, the league itself, it's like 10 weeks long. There's a round robin portion and a playoffs portion and then the the big thing about it is that the winner of each season has been going to the set championships that have happened uh until now okay and how many seasons have you have you run so far um we have just finished our seventh season if I say just, it was probably like four weeks ago now, but <laughs> it, feel, it feels like they come they come and go very quickly. So from season three, we've been having the invites. So we've just finished our seventh season. So it's it's been a pretty long running thing, um, even though it only started a couple of years ago. And I think, you know, Caroline and I, and we have a whole team of people that put it together. We do weekly broadcasts. We do, um, you know, art, people write articles about the metagame. It's like a whole ecosystem um, within our little community. Um, and also, very excitingly, Season 7 had uh, a winner that you may or may not be able to see on your screen right now. <laughs> Wait, really? Oh, sh <laughs> <laughs> that was me. That's awesome. So, yeah, that's just kind of an amazing thing. How did it, so the vision to where it is now, like, are you super impressed with how well it's taken off? compared to what you thought was going to happen? Or what were your aspirations when you started it? So like the real answer is no, of course we would assume we're here, but then don't look in our DMs where Hayu and I send each other messages being like, is this actually happening? <laughs> like, did we did we actually do this? Uh, no, we, we had absolutely no idea that it would get um, just so much support from wizards and all um, just invites straight into the like highest level of play uh, in current magic. Um, it was just something literally just you know 23 i want to say 23 individuals that knew each other us uh, you know played in season one um how you and i got more involved in season two and beyond um kind of in a classic like hey we really like what this is but we might have suggestions on how to make it better kind of way <laughs> you know <laughs> that classic thing that people do mm -hmm. where they're like oh i think i could help <laughs> um and here we are uh seven seasons later so i don't think that we thought we'd get here however i'm super excited to be here and then push it even further okay so basically you wanted a competitive outlet that was more friendly to people of marginalized genders especially because they kind of get pushed out of other scenes just due to the the nature of the demographic and so you created this 
amazing space for yourselves because I don't think like talent or anything like that is what's holding anyone back in the VML, but it's just being able to be given the opportunity when there's so many barriers that people of marginalized genders face. I think it's an amazing initiative. And honestly, so many incredible players have come out of the VML. And one thing I wanted to briefly touch on is just kind of like where you both came from before the VML, like your competitive magic experience, maybe like your elevator pitch of yourself in competitive magic. Uh, yeah, I, I can go first on that one. So I am from Vancouver, uh, British Columbia. Um, I started playing magic when I was about 26. And at the time it was to, I was working at a, a childcare, like after school, school care center. And I just wanted to, you know, do what the kids were doing. Um, I discovered kind of a, a peak engagement with the game in my local community. Like uh, there was only so many commander and drafts that I could play where I wasn't, I didn't really feel like I had the same understanding as my opponents. My opponents wanted to be more casual and I was like, but I don't. <laughs> um, so I actually like went out on a very long bus ride to this store called um, Magic Stronghold and kind of was like, hey, you know, do you have competitive events here? And I found out, yes, many things like that exist. And the kind of the rest is history. Like once I made that push into a small local competitive magic, I was able to find out about Grand Prix and face-to-face uh, -face events and, and other things that just led me out into the world. Um, my biggest engagement with competitive magic was probably Grand Prix when they existed. Um, and my skill set was not in fact magic, but instead was talking to and getting to know a large variety of people, um, many of, of which I still engage with today, literally. Um, that's a good joke. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, um, and I think that all, that's how I've engaged with competitive magic. Um, and I think it is different for everyone, but um, I just really clicked with that Grand Prix flying to multiple cities in the US and Canada and just really meeting as many people as I possibly could, so. Okay, and so you played from the, the LGS and then from there you decided that like your goals of the game didn't really line up with uh, everyone else's. So you kind of took it to trying to find a store that is more suitable to you. So you found the Magic Stronghold and uh, from there, just the Grand Prix scene. That's it's a big jump, and honestly, uh, uh, I think it's an one elevator that a lot pitch. of people know. <laughs> that was good. I mean, it's, I mean, I mean, you know, you the classic PPTQ train and all that. But yeah, in general, that's kind of how I I made my way up to where to here. Okay, and uh, so, how many uh, pro tours have you played? Because I know you played the most recent uh, set championship. Well, for the, all intents and purposes refer to all of them as pro tours. Yes, I, I proudly call them pro tours and people yell at me nearby, but they're not here right now, so it's okay. Um, yeah, I've played actually two, just two online um, pro tours. I played both the last one, which happened yesterday. Um, and I also played the very first one, um, oh. the Zendikar champs, because I may or may not have also won season three of the VML. <laughs> so... Oh, a VML ringer. <laughs> yes. It's like a... You you made it you made it like for players like yourself and players player Such yourself as, ended as up as sitting. <laughs> yes. That's amazing. Um, no, that's awesome. Yeah, so I kinda I actually really actually enjoyed that I can say I've played the first and the last. I have a pretty interesting um 
vision of what they looked like back then and what they look like now. And I'm very excited for paper tournaments to return and hopefully be able to play in a, in a paper pro tour as well. Yeah, I, I would be for surprised if you weren't uh, at one of the paper pro tours very soon. I think a lot of people who know you and like know what kind of a caliber player you are. I think it's just a matter of time for sure. Thanks. Uh, what about you, Hayu? Um, I was I had a bit of a weird entry into magic. I think I also started actually when I was about twenty six, twenty seven. Um, I lived in the UK at the time, and in my previous life in the UK, I was actually a lawyer, and I uh, I did basically I did IP litigation for a few years uh, in London, and magic kind of had this draw to me because. There were so many rules, which sounds ridiculous. But honestly, there were so many rules and it was great. Um, and I spent the first four or five months of when I just learned how to play Magic of just watching Pro Tour coverage. Like all the Pro Tour coverage that was available on YouTube at the time I watched. And I didn't understand anything. Like I, I didn't know what any of the cards did. This was before they would regularly put cards on the screen. So every so often they would put a card on the screen, but like I just had no idea what any of the cards did. Um, and I was just addicted to watching it and just, you know, hearing the, the commentators tell us about how great these players were. Um, and then I started playing the store. My first event was Amon Cat pre-release. I remember it well. Um, and after a while, I would, I would draft at the store and um, there was somebody at the store that I played at. His name was Alex Watson. Like we, we haven't spoken for many years, but he was just super nice. And he was like, I think you're pretty good. You should come to the GP. And there was a GP in Liverpool, I think it was, like maybe a few months, maybe six months after I started. Um, and also at that G in that time, I also met Autumn, who played at my store for a little bit, Autumn Burchett. Um, and I was like, that was like the first time I'd really met somebody who was very good at magic. Like, you know, in your local scene, you you get your competitive players and your GP grinders, PPTQ grinders. You know. But then when I watched Autumn play for the first time, like it was like this barrier in my mind fell away. I was like, wow, I did not know people could be this good at magic. Um, and then I went to that GP and I... I think I went like 10, five and one or something at, the, at my first GP, which was, and I've never done that well since at <laughs> a GP, but it was like just such a crazy experience. Um, and yeah, it really inspired me to keep going. In terms of actual performances, I would say that I'm not as competitive as Caroline. I will go to some GPs, but I'm more of a like behind the scenes, um, operations, networking, uh, writing proposals, yelling at people, person, <laughs> getting things done, person. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, I'll play the VML, and I also love to play uh, just anything limited related. I'll play, I'll play like any competitive event with forty cards in the format. <laughs> so, just let me get this straight. You so did you watch coverage before you had even played Magic? No, I, I I learned how to play the game. Okay. Um, like like I knew the rules of the game, but and but the only cards I knew were like <laughs> draft cards from Avoncat, <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. And maybe some like standard of that era, so like Mardu vehicles or whatever. And then I started watching like the most recent pro. So I would so I went back because like I watched like 
Aether Revolt, then Kaladesh, and then all the way back, and then like more and more, I just didn't know any of the cards. And um, but was, I just loved it. Was the the hazard at PT in that like? Yeah. Did you did you just have no idea why everyone was freaking out? Like, no, no. I, by then I already knew. Okay. <laughs> because the, that that was like the the standard format of the time. Though. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But stuff like from like cons and shadows of inner strat that, that stuff i just had no idea <laughs> like no clue what was happening trying to figure out all the things mantis rider does on the spot <laughs> yeah like why do they keep pushing it forward yeah oh my goodness anna fenza yeah oh my gosh i forgot about that card that card has a lot of words on it just rally in general would have been yeah on a, yeah. like and then some of those pts were modern like, oh yeah! <laughs> what did you do during most BTS? That's hilarious. I honestly just watch them. I just love watching it. That's awesome. Do you think you were like drawn to like the the pres- the prestige of the event? I guess like the 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 feeling like this is the top of the top, and the way the the broadcasters would talk about how incredible the players are, and like just being like watching their that display was like more important to you, I guess. Yeah, necessarily I think that, exactly what was happening. Well, it's some good right. foreshadowing too. No, that's that's exactly right, Andy. Because um, the I guess whenever I watch anything, like even sports or you know other games, I really like watching kind of individuals do the thing that they do really well. Like tennis, for example, is like a great great example of something that I love watching because you're just watching these players and they're just on their own, you know, and they're just doing incredible things and it was kind of the same with magic like for these people at the top of their game that's a that's awesome that is actually a very very interesting origin story for uh <laughs> yeah one of the so the purpose of this podcast was it's sort of like evolved i think from when the first idea first started at first i knew that there were some magic players that were like younger players that people had never heard of because the COVID thing happened. It's still happening, obviously. But the thing is, like, they, like, became incredible players during COVID. So all of the people who were, like, primary paper players would just never know who they were. And so that was, like, the initial reason that I started it. But I think I've grown to thinking just, like, importance of, like, highlighting Canadian magic to me. Just I think there's so many great stories to tell so many great people involved in. I always described previously that I thought Carr Young Tom, I don't know if you guys know who KYT is, but I, I always thought he was the most important person in Canadian magic is what I always said. Cause he like tied all of the East coast and the West coast together f- through his website, uh, mana deprived at the time. Now it is part of face to face games.com. But I think this is the kind of thing that you two are doing right now. That is like, something that could be more important, I think, or even just as important. This kind of thing is like the kind of groundbreaking thing that matters so much to see this kind of representation, especially like you see like young people or, or any people of marginalized gender seeing this kind of tournament where they're like highlighted and accepted. And this is like the spot for them to flourish. I think that's the kind of thing that's, is going to be massive for Canadian magic. And I really applaud what you two are doing. I think it's incredible. And that's why I was so excited to, to have both of you on. It was the most excited I've ever been, the most nervous I've ever been. 
for a podcast and i've i've podcasted probably like a hundred times before but this one i just think how much what you two are doing matters and even with the small spotlight i can shine on it being as important as it is i thought this episode was was a lot and i'm really happy that that you guys have come on but uh next thing i want to talk about is uh what's next for the vml so where's like what's what's next season what's you know what's the next goal what's the the vision for the vml from here um well so when we started out with the league itself um our goal or our mission i guess that we always had in our mind was that we were here to showcase the talents people of marginalized genders and basically to say, you know, we're just as good at magic as everybody else. We're going to make this space where people um, can just compete and be their best selves without really having to think about all of the problems that they would face at, at you know, mixed or um, other tournaments out there and also give people a reason to play magic week after week um, and kind of uh, compete against other people. And then now we feel like seven seasons later, we've kind of done that. Like we. The seasons, of course, are going to keep going and we're going to make them bigger and better, we hope. Um, But I think that what's kind of through this process, what Caroline and I really found out is that um, it's not really just the people in competitive magic that face gender-based barriers. It's really people at all levels of play. And um, we kind of now have this broader view where we want to break down those barriers for for all people and you know caroline has thought very deeply about the types of players that we <laughs> that we try to um to target and to aim at and to include okay and so so how do you think you're going to to accomplish that um so we've kind of broken the league into um kind of four tiers in quotations not all the tiers are fully developed or at all developed um one one thing we're doing okay i just want to note because this is my favorite part the vml league does technically stand for the venus and mercury league uh, but we've been trying to really just use the vml for consistency um and just kind of growing into our community so we use the term vml all the time and it does have the word league in it but going forward we're actually separating the vml is just becoming this community that we have um, and then, so when we do run the next league, it is going to be the VML League, which I'm very excited because it irritates a lot of people, like ATM machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's just it's really the small things that get through the day. I'm just saying. Um, so, so top tier or the top maybe is the wrong word. One of the tiers that we're focusing on is that competitive player, the thing that started it all, um, and that will continue with a league of sorts. Um, we have to be fairly vague because. Um, we're in what, what I want to consider as our off season, um, as is kind of competitive magic is in the off season since the set championship has finished up. Um, and we're just really navigating, figuring out what does our league, which we want to continue and will certainly continue, but what does it look like? So that's why we're being pretty big, but it will continue mm-hmm. in some way. Um, and then uh, the next kind of other option or other tier is uh, kind of like a semi-competitive person, someone who maybe can't commit to 10 weeks. 10 weeks, unfortunately, is quite a long time, even with just playing one match a week. Um, and so we want to kind of figure out 
what space can we fill there right now? All of our tournaments have been almost all of our tournaments have been these league styles. Um, but there are many other types of events out there, including hi, you don't get too excited, including limited events and, and other one day options. So we want to look into how do we fit in the new structure? Um, what does RC, you know, regional championship qualifiers look like? Um, this is a bit of a challenge for us because now we have to consider country and regions, which is not something we had to consider before. So we're kind of, again, vague answer because we're in the middle of figuring out what that looks like with a variety of tournament organizers. Um, after that is kind of the area that we are most looking forward to developing. And um, this is kind of that casual um, commander or just casual limited player or casual um, modern player, whatever that you know player is, and just develop that mostly focusing in our Discord and kind of taking the group of people that we currently have that have participated in leagues before and then as many other new people as we can find. Um, and I mean this by like, we sometimes go up to strangers and tell them about the VML. Oh, not sometimes, all the time. Um, and then we tell each other how you did it like two days ago. Um, and so that's kind of our current focus. I, I will say I was quite focused on something else the last couple of weeks, but that is, I think our summer goal is to grow that um, casual area and figure out what does commander nights look like? What do um, other, you know, events look like? Um, and even just having spaces to communicate, like what people are playing in those formats, you know, just a pretty classic community style discord. Um, and then that last area that we are really interested in, but have, you know, not currently focusing on is that new player. Um, we really love all the competitive people that have found their way to us. Um, but by the time people get to us, they have their stories, they have their experiences, whether they be negative or positive um, with their experience with magic. And we kind of, while we're super happy to have them and um, encourage them and grow in our community, we also would love to be able to get people in um, and engage with the game in a, in a way that's a little bit more balanced and welcoming from the beginning um, instead of kind of navigating a rough start and then finding this, you know, safe haven community. But um, that's something that we are focusing on in the near future, but not currently. Um, I okay. kind of have to add, kind of to add to what Caroline is saying is that each of these kind of types of player that Caroline has talked about, in order to have gotten to that stage, like in order to play your first game of magic, in order to go to your first casual commander evening, in order to go to your first local game store to buy singles, in order to go to your first event, like each of those steps that magic players take um, is kind of fraught with barriers that are different when you're not a man. And at every point, players are going to drop off because of those difficulties that they face you know if they have a bad experience in their first game of magic that's going to put them off the game for a long time if they have a bad experience the first time they go to a, a thousand person event that's going to put them off going to thousand person events for a long time so like we um are really trying to identify those pain points that stop people um engaging with the game that we love as much as they can um, and try and kind of help with each of those areas. Like when I think back to, you know, I told you about 
going to that first GP that I went to like six months after I started and it was a great experience you know but I w walked into the room and it was literally the first time that I'd ever been in a room that had like 2,000 men and maybe 50 women in it like it was just a shock to me um, and it's not that I haven't really had any bad experiences there necessarily just that like the kind of overwhelming feeling of like wow what have I walked into um we were just like the space to like people to not have to kind of go through that thought process wow that's a i think the, what you described caroline is just exactly that's such a great vision and honestly great thoughts that you guys had about how there's so many different entry points for people and in each one for people of marginalized genders there's people who won't come back and that's what people don't realize when they're like, oh, like uh, X type of people don't like to play magic. It's no, it's they're, they're forced out because of so many obstacles. Like at any time that you would do anything competitive magic, there's obstacles that I, for example, would not have to face. And like people automatically accepting of, of me for just as an example compared to, to one of you. And I think it's awesome that you're trying to catch people before that happens. It's not something that I would have necessarily identified as like what the goal of the VML would be, even from like what knowledge I have of the VML. And honestly, it's a super impressive and a super uh, important and a, a large goal that, that you both have. And I think uh, it's really impressive. And I, I, I hope like any small amount of difference that you two can make matters so much. Like if you stop 10 people from quitting magic and then they love magic for 10 years, like that's 10 massive impacts on people's lives. And I think once you realize that how little people you have to affect to make a big difference, I think that's the kind of thing to me that is like super, like uh, what do you call it, gratifying. And I think, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to, to what the VML has in store, especially with what you described. I can already see so many different things. Like there's the VML League, the VML League. <laughs> so hyped. <laughs> but then like you, you could just do like these one-off events that people who like, like people who love modern, but they can't commit to the 10 weeks, but they get to like play their, their sweet modern deck in this event. And like, yeah, they like to win. They like they play to win, but perhaps they're not into the 10 week grind. But then you could have these like one-off events for those kind of people. And then you could have like the commander commander so massive in magic probably the most important thing to ever happen to magic was commander mm -hmm. despite it not being for me in particular i was gonna say we'll have to scrub our tweets where we don't like commander but we'll scrub those from our timeline <laughs> yeah <laughs> no hey, i've tweeted about liking commander many times yeah and then we all make fun of you for it but yeah i, mean... I started in commander i have moved on but that doesn't mean others have um, yeah, and I think something that also that we're very excited about, but can't really, again, have to be deliberately vague about our plans is that um, until now, we've obviously been very digital space focused. We started in late 2019, so you can imagine what that season one was. <laughs> season one was February 1st, 2020. Wow. Right. Yeah, we started planning like late 2019. It was I think, early crazy. 
I think about um, it all the time. Yeah. So really, we've this there's been a digital space project, which has been great because we've had players from all around the world. Um, we've given people a way to kind of stay in touch with magic, which who maybe they wouldn't necessarily have um, otherwise. Um, but we, Caroline and I, are very excited for the return of Paper Magic, Paper Events. That's like our jam. You know, Caroline, you know, when Caroline says she loves going to events and meeting people, she is not joking. If you've ever walked across a GP hall or a magic festival with Caroline, like it will take like an hour to walk across because she just has to stop and talk to so many people, <laughs> which is great. That's fantastic. And um, so we are, um, should we say working on plans to see how we can bring the VML to a to a, a, a tabletop experience as well. Well, and I think it like really aligns and and knock on wood it works out that we're trying to move from just being this one thing for spiky spikes that can come and online and win a tournament, aka me, to just this natural thing that you just see when you walk into events like you see vendors and you see uh the tables that are messy because people can't clean up their draft on commons and then you just see the vml and it's just like it is seriously our goal of just to be present at anything so that we can catch catch any of those levels at, at any time whether that's that new player to um someone top eating an event we just we want it all. <laughs> we want it to just be as natural, natural as possible. Um, and Andy, you were saying like, oh, you know, just to see the impact um, of the VML. And um, I, I personally have just recently kind of seen a bit of an impact with. Uh, I won't use names, but um, I met a player locally in. I'm currently in Denver, Colorado, some of the time. Um, and so, right when Paper Magic was kind of returning uh, last year, um, I met. A local player and I did the classic Caroline thing where I just it, by the way it does not come natural like I I take a lot of effort to go up to someone that I don't know so I went up to them and I pitched the VML to this person um and of course they probably thought I was absolutely crazy um and then that person has since they you know kind of did not join the season that I was promoting um but they did join a season after that um and then they have since themselves been branching out into the world of magic. And I'm hearing, I, I hear back from them all the time of going to SCGs or NRGs and the people that they meet there and the, the people they're now hanging out with are just this VML chain of people. Like, it's just impressive to know, I this is going to come off as super braggy. That's not really what I meant, but just going up to one person at an event and saying, hey, one person, there's this thing where you can feel more like yourself amongst people like yourself, would you let be interested to just see them six months later going to these events with the other VML people and other people of marginalized genders and just having this awesome experience. I'm not saying they couldn't have done that without the VML, but it certainly made it easier. Yeah, I completely agree. And then also even like if we do focus back on the kind of competitive stuff that we started out with, like if you look at the people that have played VMLs and then, you know, what they're doing now, like, like, like the fact, like the fact that Aria came out of the VML is just, has been so dominant. Aria's team, Sanctum of All, kind of a, like a related project where she has a, a PT testing team that all people of marginalized genders are welcome to join, open invite. 
um, and they put half of their team members into requalifying for the PT this this championships. Um, you know, we saw Piper Powell win an NRG a couple of months ago. We saw, um, I think Zoe was in a team that won the energy this season, this uh, weekend. Like the, I'm not again, again, not at all saying that not these people couldn't have done it without the BML. But I think that we have, like, kind of, we're trying to do a job where we just normalize like caroline said we just normalize participation in these events and just make it easier for people to make those connections build networks all those all those support systems that don't come naturally or unautomatically offered to them um we're kind of helping them build from the ground up and that's really making a big difference yeah it's amazing to see players who maybe originally or at one point their like big results were potentially just the VML, but now they're just absolutely crushing and and Aria and Piper are such amazing examples. They're so incredible. They're so incredible at magic. And it's just so amazing that to see them do so well. And I love that for a player, let's say they're, they're not quite at that level yet, or even that comfortable, yet going to competitive events because of all the obstacles that they could face. The fact that there's this place that's safe for them to like hone their skills, sharpen their blade and uh, then go forth and just keep crushing all the tournaments. It's just, I love it. I honestly love it. And every time I see the like Piper and Arya, Zoe do, do well, it's just awesome. And it just feels like, yeah, like yeah, we knew the whole time. And we're just waiting for everyone else to catch up. A hundred percent. Amazing. So I guess the, the last thing I wanted to touch on, well, two things. First is, uh, I guess I'll plug the sponsor, face-to-facegames.com. I think face-to-facegames.com, premier magic site in Canada. If you're looking for singles, or if maybe one of your stores wants to host uh, the regional championship qualifiers, that's the place for them to go. If you're a competitive player and you're looking for your stores in your local area to reach out and get some regional championship qualifiers, face-to-facegames.com, all the information's on their website. You can help your store find the path to helping you get to the Pro Tour. And I think it's it's awesome opportunity, and I love all the like, most stores can run these, most of them they you just have to prove that you can like handle the capacity and have like a, a well-run event so face-to-facegames.com singles and a trip to the pro tour potentially but i think what i wanted to highlight after that is just so where can people join the vml how do you get involved in the vml like for all the people of marginalized genders how do we how do they get there Um, this is normally your area. What the heck? <laughs> um, so the first the first step is just vmlmtg.com. That's our main website. Um, on there, I think the most relevant piece of information is just the link to our Discord. Um, as I said, that's just the community that we are currently focusing on. We are off um, our competitive stuff for the summer. Um, so focus on joining our Discord, getting to know our community. We have kind of two 
actually two different sections uh, in the Discord, one for competitive and one for casual. You, of course, can join both, um, but they've just got a little bit of different focus on them. Um, and then just kind of getting to know people and listening for all these vague events that we can't really talk about because organizing and connecting with people is hard <laughs> and <Yeah>. long. <laughs> Very long. <laughs> and stressful. Yeah. I can't wait to, I mean, to post the clickbait like VML releases secrets. Yeah. You <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, had to have leaked something, right? Maybe. I don't know. Oh, well, you maybe you got to read between the lines, Andy. <laughs> sift what, between. Andy, would you like to know how you and I's origin story and how we met each other? Oh, my God. Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay. Well, it involves face to face. Bonus content. <laughs> um, so I believe face to face had a an event i honestly don't modern, even remember the format I don't even, probably not modern no it was a face-to-face tour it was a face-to-face it was a face of it yeah it was and a I, I was playing tour. command the dread horde so it wasn't modern <laughs> um anyway i w i had just gotten back from being in the states for a little while and i have this small pride of knowing the majority of marginalized gendered players in vancouver so i went to this tournament i did poorly um and in this event i saw a player that I did not know. And I was like, well, this is unsettling. But I was too nervous <laughs> to say anything. Um, so that was that. I moved on. The next couple of days, um, I somehow ended up in this board game store kind of in this similar area. And the same player that I had, this mysterious person that I had seen was working at this board game store. And I was like, oh man, I really want to know them. Um, so I, I went up, like, I'm like the nerdiest of nerds. Like, I can't even explain how awkward this was. So was I tell this person, hi, you, that I saw her at the event and that I wanted to talk to her, but I was too cowardly. Um, and so we, we chatted and I had a really good time. And we actually left the board game store to go do an escape room. And when we came back, I was like, I really want to know this person more. So I just blurt out, do you want to come to dinner with us? Like, like what? Who does that? I do. It was honestly, anyway. I honestly thought she might be hitting on me. It was like, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, long story short, she did join us for dinner. Um, and that was literally the rest of history because from there, whoa, I got you whoa, like, whoa, Caroline, you're missing a very important part of this story, <laughs> which is that we went to dinner with it was Caroline Sam oh, Eilenfeld, who was part who was rookie of the year, and um. And a couple of other friends, and we played, and then we went to this board game pizza place called Ludico, which, by the way, if you're in Vancouver, is fantastic. And um, and I like thrashed everyone at Seven Wonders, like just oh. <laughs> completely destroyed them. That's no the part good. you're upset I missed. Yeah, duh, <laughs> my glorious victory in Seven Wonders. Well, from that dinner. Hayu had a trip down to GP Seattle, which was two weeks after that, um, had a place to stay in GP Seattle from the friends that were visiting me. Um, and literally the rest was history. <laughs> like, it's pretty crazy. So mm. just saying, representation matters. <laughs> I need to know. <laughs> that's that's amazing. The I don't know you, but I feel like I should know you. Do you want to go to dinner? Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then, of course, I did the classic, like, never mind, that was weird. And I walked away. <laughs> literally walked away and then she had to like be like no no i just have to add check with alex and i was like yeah <laughs> okay text me bye <laughs> oh that was a mess that was an amazingly embarrassing story yeah, it was in, it was in the moment that is such a great embarrassing story but it, all, it all worked out 
I haven't even. It's very Caroline. It's like the authentic Caroline experience. It still happens to this day. I once told someone that I stream magic on Twitch on an airplane, and they still come to my chat. (laughs) We're still friends. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like it's just what I do. I don't That's know. marketing. <laughs> yep. That's me. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate uh the both of you coming on the podcast. I'm I'm just super happy hearing about what the VML has in store, kind of like the vision of the VML originally being this competitive outlet to kind of being this like real community where all sorts of people of marginalized genders, regardless of their interaction with magic, there's a spot for them there. And I think that's super important. And honestly, I would be very surprised if, if like the VML is not the most important thing to ever happen to Canadian magic or to potentially magic in general. I think it is one of the best initiatives without a doubt. And I'm super proud of you guys, uh, you both. And I think Honestly, just thank you so much for what you do. Like I have a young daughter and I just know how unfair and hard the world is going to be for her. And I know that it's good to know that there's people out there looking out for her. And I just thank you so much. Yeah. I mean, thank you so much for having us on, Andy. And we look forward to seeing your daughter in VML season um, a hundred. <laughs> yeah. I'm good bad at maths. Well, she's four months today, like maybe by four or five. She's got a big head, so she might be really smart. She could Dana Fisher it, like yeah, okay, anything's possible. Yeah, all right. The season forty or so, we'll say. Yeah. So you do about three a year. That's, that's just about right. Amazing. Well, I look forward to see what's next for the VML. I think it's already has a great place in magic and thank you both so much for sharing your story and sharing your vision for the vml uh thank you welcome any uh anywhere where to find you on twitter caroline and how you or uh, anything to plug this is your time uh yeah um you can find me on twitter uh at mighty linguini i had to remember <laughs> um and you can find me on twitch.tv slash the mighty linguini um, and I actually do also have a podcast. Uh, it's called Fam, Friends, and Magic. And it's honestly just this vibe. It's just chilling with uh, two other people and chatting uh, mostly casually about magic um, and often related to the VML since two of the members are part of the um, uh, the VML. So we, we often talk about it. Uh, who else is in the podcast? Uh, Nicole Callahan and uh, our friend Brasky. Okay. You, well, Brasky doesn't really have any other names other than Brasky. Nicole is great. Um, <laughs> Would you have known if I said Bill Grennan? No. <laughs> no, that's true. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Nifet, N-I-P-H-E-T-T-E. Um, I post mainly, I would say, lukewarm takes on magic and cat pictures are <laughs> the dominant themes. And um, in terms of plugging, really not very much to do, just just the VML. Um Come check us out. Check out the VML Twitter, VML MTG, the VML Twitch, obviously twitch.tv slash VML MTG. And uh, you can actually catch all of our previous broadcasts on YouTube. And I would say that I think that like the broadcast part, um, obviously I've done like a, a bunch of uh, casting outside of the VML, like commentating on um, tournaments. And 
Uh, we put a lot of effort into the production. I think the production quality is insane, like just very, very high compared to um, the majority of tournaments out there. So I would really recommend checking out our YouTube channel and all the, um, all the VODs of previous uh, VML seasons. All right. Well, thank you both very much. Uh, that's that's it for us. Uh, thank you. And I can't wait to see what's next for the VML when the secrets are no longer secrets and the, the, the words can be said. We're pretty Thanks. excited, too. All right. Thank you.